In the body, connective tissues bind structures together, form a framework and support for organs in the body as a whole. Every closed system has connective tissue, the human body, the biosphere, and the open marketplace alike. The Connective Tissue Podcast is an attempt to connect the philosophies, experts, and opinions that comprehensively encompass the five compounding Fs of life, fact, finance, fitness, family, and freedom. Together, we represent the connective tissues of life. Our intention is for you to use the information provided to contrast against your own walk of life to maximize every avenue of success, peace, and prosperity. No matter how you view it, movement is life. Remember, it's not like magic. It is magic. Eternally rhetorical. How do you move? I'm your co-host, Philip A. Croshan. And I'm your co-host, Garrett G. Mezzanotto. And together, we are the Connective Tissue Podcast. Thank you for your support, lending us your ear and your viewership here at the Connective Tissue Podcast. Here, our underlying philosophy is movement is life. We live it, we speak it, and now we wear it. Movement apparel is not just a brand, it's a lifestyle. No matter who you are, moving in mint condition is the mantra to affirm your best life. For our local groups, connect with us at our movement meetups. Find information at Movement Apparel on social media. That's M-O-V-E-M-I-N-T. For our online family, stay involved and stay minty fresh at movementapparel.com. All right, man. Welcome back. Welcome back, Philip. Guys, audience, welcome back. Thank you for uh, the support. Yeah, thanks for having us. We appreciate you checking in. Um, the the love, the support has been great. It's getting to the point of overwhelming and in all the best ways possible. Um, today, we're going to talk a little bit about manifesting your best life. Yeah. Yeah, manifesting your the life of your dreams. The life of your dreams. Right. A little, a little bit different. A little bit different. Which, manifesting the life of your dreams. What does that mean, bro? Or how do you do it? Being able to live your best life. I mean, everything starts with us. Starts with your why. So, something I've ran into um, in my last decade in the industry of, of fitness and, and, and sales in general, um, I've ran into the problem of, of ups and downs at points, uh, inconsistencies in your production. And I think the underlying cause of that is, is co- level of confidence and how much you believe in yourself and... and how much uh, positivity and optimism you, you run with, right? When so, you're talking about inconsistencies in your production, are you, are, you, are you meaning like staying motivated? Yeah, I mean, I would say like, so sales is, is a, it's a numbers game. And if, if you believe that you can hit those numbers, you'll always sell enough. You'll always sell more than, than, uh, than is expected normally. But a lot of the time, and I think this can go for anything in life, this could be if you feel like you're drifting in life or you're drifting at your current job, you, you lose motivation and you say, oh, maybe this isn't for me. Well, if, if you have that type of, of thinking, then it's not going to be for you. And that can go for anything in life. I think we're all prone to that. But I think what you're, what you're getting at right now is a bit of um, mental discipline, you know, having a a um, a personal a vision for yourself that kind of serves as a pilot light so no matter what's going on around you you can stay focused on that more than anything else because sometimes it will feel like this isn't for me because it isn't working but 
that's the necessary challenge to force you to adapt and become something new. It may not be for you now, but when you change yourself, then you will be perfectly suited for the environment. Exactly. Um, what do you think about the phrase, fake it till you make it? I think it's fake. I think you shouldn't do it. I get it. But I think if you start off faking it till you make it, you're going to end up breaking that mindset before you actually become successful. Because the person that you are, the person you present to be as you go into rooms will be the energy of which um, serves as the center of your orbit. So you're going to attract things that align with it. Um, I'm not saying that you got to always wear all your cards, you know, <laughs> but I do mean that um, I do mean that there's a certain level of sincerity and authenticity um, in who you are that becomes priceless. Yeah, I you think know? as long as you, you have morals and, and you stick to those morals, you'll be all right. Mm -hmm. um, but people can smell fake. People smell bullshit from a mile Fact. away, right? So, like, uh, one of my bosses, one of my previous executives when I first started in the industry, when I first got my first uh, personal training sales job, told me, oh, just fake it till you make it. You're not selling now, but just act like you're selling until you start selling. And, or, uh, you know, start... Uh, Fake it, fake it till you make it. Dress better, dress nicer, act like you have money, people will give you money. And that's how I took it. That's not fake, though. It's not fake. You're just, you're trying to attract what you, you're attracting what you want. So let me, let me draw some comparison. All right, so that's in sales, right? Um, but within, with, with most industries, there are industry standards and there are guidelines. Um, and I think that a part of an industry standard or industry standards encompass professional decorum. So if you are in sales and you present yourself like you don't understand the value of money, then how can you expect anyone to trust you with the transaction of theirs? If I am working in physical therapy and and I present myself like I don't understand or I, or I disagree with um, what is considered standard that my professional peers uh, all agree to and I come in I'm, I'm dressed in swimming trunks and a tank top every day <laughs> how could without me going above and beyond to explain myself all the time how could I expect my patients and clientele to assume that I am equipped with the same level of competence. That isn't being fake. It's understanding what the environment calls calls for. You know? Are you gonna you can call someone who wears sunscreen in the sun fake? No. No. Nah, you just understand that this there's a certain level of harshness to this environment that I can equip myself with some type of protection, you know, some type of preparedness. Um I don't think that's fake at all. I think that's a good business practice. If you want to make money, dress like money, yeah. look like money, talk so money, too. understand it, you know. But I think the, the fake it till you make it thing, um, I think the underlying philosophy of that is 
don't be stuck where you are and be focused on where you're going. And I think that there there's some virtue to that. You know, that's what manifestation is in, in so many words. Um, but if you are, say, you, you're driving around in a Lamborghini truck, right? And then you're living in that. When you could have placed your money elsewhere. And I'm not saying that this can't also be used as a good marketing strategy. It's all about what your actual strategy is. But if you just want people to think that you got it and you don't, mm -mm. you're only hurting yourself. You know, if, if everyone thinks that you have it and you need some help, no one's going to offer you any help because they can't see you. You already got it. They can't see you. And you may actually create some enemies that you wouldn't otherwise earn until you got to the level where you could support that. And now you made it twice as hard. So the whole fake it till you make it has never been a route that I've gone. I mean, I guess it's more anecdotal than anything. But I say scratch it. Throw it to the graveyard of sayings. Don't fake it till you make it. Um, but be greater than your environment. Understand where you're going and walk a path that is aligned with what you are manifesting. And if you are manifesting wearing a, a tailored suit every day for work, then go and get you your first tailored suit and see what it feels like. Experience the thoughts and the conversations that come with being dressed that way, and then you'll get more information to make yourself ready for that environment. Yeah, just like if you're... Uh, <clears throat> I heard one time, so when Drake bought his first house in Calabasas. Mm -hmm. uh, kind of funny I'm bringing Drake into this. My brother's named Drake, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> he's not the he's not the singer, trust me. It's um, all good. We like Jersey Drake <laughs> over here. Um, before he bought his first house, I think he, he went and drove by it, saw for the for sale sign and kept driving by it like once a week yeah. until he finally bought it, you know? Yeah. Uh, I think you have to do things like that. More like your they're positive affirmations yeah. and, and they're physical affirmations. So you have to visualize it first and you have to go and see it. Something that you can, something that can become tangible at some point. Um, if you're, if you're manifesting yourself running a, a multi-million dollar business, fucking write that business plan. Do your research, do your due diligence. Otherwise mm -hmm. the, the universe is not going to give it to you just because you thought about it, just because you see it, just because you dreamt about it. Mm -hmm. It's not what it's about. You have to earn that shit. And once you know you've done the work, it, it becomes, it turns into a, a, a knot in your stomach mm -hmm. until you get it. Uh, it it's gut-wrenching. It's crazy. Uh, it gives me chills just talking about it. Yeah. But when you know you have a purpose in life and you know that, that you, you, there's some, it's, it's bigger than yourself and you finally fucking realize that your life starts changing and it changes before your eyes within days, months, weeks, weeks, months. With less than a year, you could be living your dream life, your, your dream lifestyle, driving whatever kind of car you want, driving a, a Lamborghini truck, if, if you will. Yeah. You know, if that's what you want and you can afford it. If you can buy 10, 20 of them, then you got enough money for it. Yeah, then cool. But uh, manifesting your dream life without affirming it on a daily basis, without putting in the work, it's not going to happen. It doesn't matter what your dream life is. It's not attainable. You know, you say affirming and I, and I think it's a good one to go back to because affirmations don't have to just be things that you repeat to yourself your affirmations 
very well uh, encompass your actions, your thoughts, your practices, your habits, you know, what you do every day, you are becoming. Yeah, and the universe is checking off all those things every day, checking off down the list. The list could be a thousand things. It could be a hundred things, but every day you're getting one step closer. Now now you're aligned with it. You're aligned with it. And I think that goes back to the whole idea of fake it till you make it. It's not about being fake. It's about aligning yourself with the energetic signature of what you are asking for. Now, that comes with some highs and it comes with some lows. Yeah, a lot of both. You <laughs> want, it's, it's that challenge that yeah. actually turns you into the monster that is ready for that level, you know? Like, uh, I, th- I think it was, I want to say it was an Andrew Tate quote or something I heard on a podcast, but it says, uh, Lord or, or God, uh, you know, it was a, it was a religious co- quote or like a prayer. Mm-hmm. If you're going to give me uh, all the money in the world or you're going to give me all the things I ask for, also please give me the discipline to keep those things that mm-hmm. I'm asking you for. Because mm-hmm. it's different once you get it. There's people that get it and then they blow it all on dumb shit. That's a travesty. You know, get it and make it make more money for you and then buy those crazy things that you want to buy. So Don't just splurge on, on in dumb your, stuff. Um, in your affirmations... Are you, are you affirming the discernment that you need? You know, are you affirming the wisdom within to maintain these things and to be able to create it and replicate it to make sure that you master yourself to that level? You know, or is it? I mean, of course, it isn't just all fluff, but yeah. how do you get people beyond that level of thinking. You have to get the discipline. You have to have the discipline to keep it, and you have to have, uh, you have to be able to teach it if you want to replicate it. So you gotta have the discipline to, even though you got it, wake up every day and go grind like you don't have it, mm-hmm. you know, and teach these your your team, right? You have to have a team under you if you want to get rich, mm-hmm. and you gotta be able to teach that team how to do what you do, but make them better, and eventually they'll become better, and that's when you're really gonna start winning. When your team is producing, when you're not around. That's that's when you really start making it, and then you'll have the freedom to to live the dream life that what's you want to live. What's the team look like? Or what is, what is, is there a a one set model what that team has to look like? Uh, with within our business model? No, not necessarily with us. With any model, any successful model, uh, you said you gotta have your team. You gotta yeah. be doing right to if you wanna be successful, right? You gotta have your left hand. You gotta have your right hand. You gotta have your brain, okay. the human body. Huh? You gotta have the driver. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. You have, there's so many working parts. It's it's never ending. Uh, you know the the most what what is the richest? I think uh, Amazon's uh, CEO. What's his name? Um. So now I'm blanking. Um, what is his name? You know his name. Ah, oh, he's my friend. What's the Amazon. Jeff Bezos. Jeff Bezos. (laughs) Jeff Bezos. He, how many people do you think work for him? I don't don't know. It's probably the most in any company in the world. And he also happens to be uh, the richest guy in the world right now. You know, genius. Um, It works like that, though. He he started out of his garage, turned it into a... So what... What were some of the affirmations that you think Bezos had to 
tell himself on the regular to get to where he was. I mean, I've seen that that one photo where he's like in a crude looking office, a garage with like Amazon written on a banner with books up to the ceiling and stuff, just one computer and him working and now he has a trillion dollar company. Um, What do you think Bezos had to say to himself? Or, and if not, if we don't want to use Bezos as the as the example, you know, what is important for anyone to affirm to themselves, you know, break it down to some practical, even just like weight training. Find, okay, yeah, yeah, find out your why. Find out your reason for why you even started. What, why is it important to you? What are you doing? If there's no reasoning behind it, you're not going to be able to stay motivated. You're not going to be able to stay disciplined. Uh, you're not going to end up completing the task at hand because what are you working for? You don't even know. You're just mm-hmm. doing it at random. Mm-hmm. And nothing that you do at random yields results, right? If I go in and I hit, I don't know, five days a week, I hit 10 sets of 10 on bench press and 10 sets of 10 on on squats and 10 sets of 10 on lat pull down every day. And then somebody asked me, hey, why do you hit all your muscles every day? Why do you hit 10 sets of 10? And I said, oh, I don't know. <laughs> what do you think I'm going to look like? I'm going to look freaking weird. You're going to look like chaos. I'm going to be really good at lat pull downs, bench press, and squats, though, you know? <laughs> But that's like the same thing as, as showing up to a job that you hate and you don't have a reason why you're there or still there, right? Let's say you, you have a telemarketer job, but you have a accounting degree and you hate telemarketing, but you don't have a plan to get out. You're just showing up and at random wasting your time. If I say, okay, I'm going to work the telemarketing job to save up 10 grand because I only have to work so many hours and then I finish maybe my, my C, while I finish my CPA. That's a plan. You have something that you're working towards. You have a reason why to look, to push you and hold you uh, accountable for. Mm-hmm. You can hold yourself accountable to that and stay disciplined. Mm-hmm. But if you're just showing up, making whatever money, amount of money you're making just to, just to get by, you don't have purpose, you don't have reason, you don't have a why, you're setting yourself up for failure. So once you have your why, and that thing becomes the center of your solar system, it's bigger than anything else. Nothing else matters. Uh, not not nothing else matters. I know what you mean. Um, priorities. Priorities. And perspective. At that time and point and place, it, it can be temporary till it becomes what you're, you're envisioning it to become, but... I and I I think it speaks for itself. You and I both have, have shown that like our number one priority is this business and be, be, making it successful, and that's what we're doing. It went from talking about it, to manifesting it, to being about it, to doing it, to it actually becoming successful. Mm-hmm. And and it it's like a it's like our baby. We're nurturing it. We're bre- We're we're men, but we're breastfeeding this thing. <laughs> we're watering that plant, watering that seed. We've seen it go from from. Uh, <clears throat> non-existent right to a seed to a baby plant to medium-sized plant now it's just getting bigger while we water it and what's to say about the days where the sun isn't shining so much there's rain yeah there's cloudy days you have to tell yourself that's when you have to just this is what get, getting back to jeff bezos i think when he was working you know 20 hours 16 20 hour days when it was just him and his partner i think i think he started with a partner 
Um, there's no way he did all of this just on his own, regardless. Mm-hmm. He had a team at some point. Yeah, I think huh. his, his father or somebody seated him a couple, like maybe 300 grand or something okay. like that. Okay. Um, anyway, uh, he had to tell himself, look, all these hard, all these hours, all these nights, all these days um, of not living the life I want to live and work getting my ass off uh, will eventually pay off. And I think you got to really make sure you understand that um, every every single time you're down in the dumps, it feels like it's pouring and it's not going to stop. But right around the corner, the best is yet to come. You know, and I don't think people stay in the fight long enough. You know, so many people want to be an entrepreneur and they, they start their entrepreneurship journey um, with with all kinds of motivation. Um, and they think it's going to be all butterflies and rainbows and it's far from that shit. Mm-hmm. Far from it. Uh, there's more downs and ups, in my opinion. But when they're when they're up, they're up. They're way up. <laughs> we could take off right now for the next two weeks, go do whatever the hell we want. That'll be an up. You can't do that when you work a nine to five. You gotta submit for time off, ask for approval. Usually gets denied, and then you then you can't take a vacation for another year and a half because you haven't earned that time back. When you're in charge of your own time, you can do whatever you want. So there are more. There are some really good ups, but there's also there's a lot of downs. I think that's to say anything about life. The um, the second law of thermodynamics um, states that you must. Um, you must overcome the ever you must overcome with order the ever increasing rate of entropy and entropy being the um, just the rate at which things break down and degrade and that's within it within any closed system so if we're looking at this like a closed system um, you may have a lot more downs right um, but the ups will adequately compensate for them um it's just like looking at your life and and not leading a hedonistic lifestyle where everything is about pleasure 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 right that lacks virtue Mm -hmm. but the times that we do have when we're up they compensate for the remainder of the seven days or month or however long it's been since you've given yourself that break you know that can also relate to like okay like have you ever met somebody that was born into like a ton of money mm-hmm. and they were like they weren't humbled they were kind of arrogant <laughs> kind of like that i'll speak loosely right but th- that's happened there are also see people that made it from the bottom turned into something yeah super Different. humble and i'm not saying every person with money is like that because that's not the case yeah most people aren't like that but like kid you're five years old six years old you you got the sickest dirt bike. You already got like all the coolest clothes and stuff, and you're flexing like you didn't earn it. Yeah, humble yourself. Yeah, right. Because life might be easy now, but later on it might be harder if you don't learn how to work. Yeah, for sure. There's a um, there's a quote. It was like hard times produce. What is it? Hard times produce hard people. Yeah, but it, it shows it in a cycle. It's like um, hard times produce hard men. Hard men produce easy times. Easy times produce soft men. Soft men produce hard times. Something like that. Oh, 
That's fire. You know what I mean? Yeah, it um, makes total totally makes sense for sure. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I think it's important to have that reference point of uh, of understanding the necessity of work or effort. How how do you want? I guess I've never asked you this, but how do you want? How do you plan to instill those values in your children? I don't know. So when I had, when so my, I had my stepdad, and that's my dad. Yeah. I also had another father figure uh, who was my grandfather. He was mostly my father figure um, growing up. And he was a hardworking motherfucker. He was. Mm-hmm. He, uh, man, till his, till he died, till he literally couldn't go outside and do work, uh, all like 40 years he was able to be retired uh, he just was always doing something that guy he always he he would wake me up I lived with him for some years and he would wake me up 7 a.m. on Saturday I didn't have school pour some water on me wake up get your work clothes on <laughs> god damn grandpa he would piss me off but you know what I, I, I respect him for it because he would always make me go outside with get my hands dirty mm-hmm. uh, make me do some garden he made me maintain a garden made me sell garlic taught me how to earn my own money oh, wow. uh, made me you know the whole process grow it dry it husk it cut it you know wash it clean it whatever and then go sell it to the local farmers markets or local uh, produce stores and stuff like that so it was kind of cool so he taught me how to like trade and barter and negotiate stuff like that at a young age. Mm-hmm. Also taught me how to like drive tractors, all kinds of stuff. Um, made That's me cool, work bro. work on engines, build, rebuild lawnmowers, clean carbs and stuff. So it was very cool. Changed my own oil, um, rotate tires, change brake pads, all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, he was a do-it-yourself kind of guy. And where I'm from, there's not a whole lot of businesses out there. Mm-hmm. So at a young age, I learned what work was. I learned what work ethic was. Where I'm from, also, not a lot of people have central heating and air. You have a fireplace or you got fans. And it gets really hot. <laughs> like 110, 120 in the summer, real cold in the winter. You know, not not snowing all the time, but we would get snow. But mm-hmm. most of the winter is around 30 to 40 degrees all day long mm-hmm. um, with no snow. So it's really gross, nasty, like wind, really windy and stuff. Um, but he taught me that I didn't want to be out in the harsh conditions. All right. It taught me that I didn't want to do a physical man, uh, manual labor job my entire life. Yeah. Even before I was in, in the working age, right? So then I got a store job. hated that job. So I realized, why am I doing this? Oh, yeah, I'm doing this to buy myself school clothes, pay for my gas and insurance on my car mm-hmm. when I was 16. Uh, I was the first person in my class to start driving because I wanted to drive to be able to go do things, mm-hmm. you know? And so he just taught me work for everything I want. And then I have money I control even at a young age. Um, yeah. And so I understand. I understood money and I understand you needed to work for your money. You needed to work your ass off and have a plan, know where you're going. So if he was like, if you don't want to go to college, get yourself a, a government job because there's retirement. I was like, I don't want to work for the government. I want to work for myself. So... I always wanted to become a doctor, and I was like, I don't know anybody in the industry. I'm not going to be able to get pull a job, mm-hmm. so and I don't want to go to school for t- 10, 12, 13 years, whatever. Uh, then I was like, physical therapy, all right, cool. Uh, I ended up not going to San Jose State, who actually has a really good kinesiology program. Um, a couple of my friends uh, are, are still probably mad at me for not going, because <laughs> they went and I didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Uh, I for past that went to a junior college for an ex-girlfriend. But big mistake. But 
everything happens for a reason. So mm-hmm. leave that in the past. I uh, went to Santa Rosa Junior College, started started school, uh, went a couple of years on and off studying like pre pre stuff. Well, getting my general ed out of the way and then pre knees and stuff like that. And uh, I ended up dropping out and working a couple different manual labor jobs. Hated it and was like, man, I just want to be a trainer. So I came down to San Diego on a whim on vacation. Was here for like a week. Applied for a job and got a personal trainer job. And then that's when the journey really started. Yeah. It's been about a decade now. Pretty crazy. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I always knew I wanted to open my own gym since I was like 14, 15 when I really got into weights. Seriously, I was yeah. like, I want to run my own gym one day and I got to learn how to do it. So that was my 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 uh, mission. I wanted to, I knew I needed to get into industry somehow. I wanted to be a trainer because I like training friends and family members. Got into the industry and then started blossoming, you know. You put yourself in the fire and you forged in that fire. Mm-hmm. Understood. Respect, first of all. I learned that, that lesson you were speaking to earlier um, the same way, man. I uh, I learned for sure what I did not want to do. <laughs> <laughs> That's the easy one. And um, it, it, was, it was in the interim between me transferring from the University of Alabama to Troy University. Now, I kind of got there, I got to Troy on kind of like some, kind of went around the general rules of, of what should have been done. Um, then follow all the proprieties. I was speaking to a coach, and, um, you know, he, he told me, you go ahead and come in uh, in the summer and uh, enroll full-time. You can go ahead and start practicing with us. So I finished out my uh, sophomore spring at um, at the University of Alabama and transferred to Troy in the summer. Well, um, they promised to have my athletic scholarship available for me by that fall if I did what they said, and they didn't. Mm. So fall, um, I had a balance due to Troy, no money, and no athletic scholarship. So I couldn't go to school. Oh, shit. So I uh, went to Louisiana. Um, to Baton Rouge and uh, worked a construction job uh, just to pay off that summer balance where we were putting in doll houses um, underground like sewers and things like that. Yeah, bro, it's, it's crazy. And I was at the bottom of the Did you say dog houses? Doll houses. Doll that's, houses. That's what they call the um, the big cement blocks with the sewer top on it. It goes deep into the ground, maybe like 40, 50 feet oh, yeah, yeah. into the ground. Uh, so dug, <laughs> dig those things. That's trash work, man. Fuck that, um, man. At least I didn't enjoy Some it. Some masonry construction, was it? <sighs> it's underground, dealing with water, dealing with cement. Dealing, it was dealing with shit. Dealing with shit. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I did that. I, was, uh, I turned 19 while I was out there. Mm-hmm. That's and, what I was. Um, Jeez, bro. I, we we worked from on site, ready to work at four a.m. So we got there around like three thirty, and then the day's work would be over with around four four thirty p.m. Um, with a thirty minute break. It was a thirty minute or fifteen minute break total. Uh, 
constantly disrespected. Oh man. Uh, everyone that I met out there is like, man, you're. I had these conversations with you, and you you're not like everyone else, and I just I was so out of place. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and with me being a laborer, which was like an entry level there. Um, they could pretty much put any of the work on me. Yeah. You know? I was there. So you had a foreman who didn't do anything. He sat there on his mm-hmm. butt. Didn't do anything. Point fingers. Just, he called me Cub. I told him, I said, my name is Philip. All right, cool. Old country dude. <laughs> um, you know, so everything about it is degrading to me. And once I made it through that situation, um, I knew for a fact can't settle on that. <laughs> you know what I mean? I ain't, I ain't never going to hit that low. Again, I got back into uh, Troy. I ended up picking up my scholarship. Um, finished out there. Graduated from there, of course, with uh, my exercise science and nutrition degree. Then went to grad school. But uh, I learned that lesson then. It's still with me for a long time. That even if you're not motivated to know what you want to do, you better at least have a reference for knowing what you don't want to do. And it served as an excellent deterrent. Uh, never again. Never went back to labor again. Never again. So it took me two labor jobs to mm-hmm. get out of labor. So my first job was, was Mason Reconstruction. And I was like the odd man out. Like I was the only one that was bilingual. Mm-hmm. That's really how I learned Spanish. Mm-hmm. I got real fluent real quick because they talked a lot of shit, man. You had to. Uh, but Survival. yeah, they put all the bullshit work on me, all the backbreaking, jackhammering, yeah. demo work. The hard shit, man. Same. And, uh, you know, um, busted my ass grinding. It was actually for um, my ex-girlfriend's uncle. And it was... He, Mine was an ex-girl's father. Yeah, and he Good fucking picked on me. And he was... Man, he was... It was... I'm just going to say it was a, an experience for sure. It made yeah. me realize I didn't want to do it. And at the time, I think minimum wage here was like eight dollars an hour, and I was making like fifteen dollars an hour, so it was good money Funny for the time. Stuff. Mine was seven in Alabama, so I made fourteen on my construction. Okay, job. yeah, some weird, weird, but it's a uh, it was cash too, so I didn't have to pay taxes yeah. on it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it was cool when I was eighteen, nineteen. I did that for like a year and a half, and then I uh, got into some dirty work mm-hmm. and I didn't yeah I uh, didn't do a labor job for a while did a different kind of job and then I got into um, I got into the wine industry and mm-hmm. I was also a laborer this really helped with speaking legit Spanish because uh, I worked with men and women mm-hmm. we had some old ladies busting their ass and during harvest, I don't know if you guys know, when you harvest grapes, it's at nighttime, so the grapes don't uh, go bad, and so um, you're not in the sun. Mm-hmm. So we would start picking at like 8 at night mm. till till the whole field was done. So sometimes it would be like 8 at night to like oh. 8, 9 in the morning. Crazy shit. You're, you're tired, um, and sometimes they would give you a day break. Sometimes they wouldn't. You had to turn around. I so I had to drop out of school for this because I was like, I got to make money. Yeah. I didn't have a scholarship. I was at a junior college. I needed to make money. I needed to pay for the apartment because I was like 70 miles away from home. Yeah. Uh, didn't have any, no scholarships. No, no, fin- I wasn't getting financial aid. None of that. I just didn't deal with the process. Um, 
And so it taught me that I did not want to do that kind of shit. <laughs> didn't want to sleep. Didn't want to be dirty. My car started smelling like vineyard and chemicals and mm-hmm. and pesticides and shit. So I didn't want to be about that. So that's when I was like, I picked it up. I quit that. Dropped school. Came down to San Diego and started going. And now you're minty fresh. <sighs> Stay minty. So, yeah, all of this has a reference reference point. Our entire our podcast, our business, it's all, uh, our apparel line, it's all about movement. And we want people to be able to move in mint condition. We want people to have the, a minty life. We mm-hmm. want people to have the life, a uh, quality life and a life of their dreams. And it all starts with moving yourself, starting here, yeah. moving your body, taking care of yourself, and, and all of it will become a reality at, at some point. Absolutely. I mean, when, in, when you're looking at everything, you bring it all together, you know, you're talking your affirmations, you're talking your lows, right? How how you wrap all that and really create your dream life, you know? When you were working that um working that, that vineyard job, you know, what life were you seeing for yourself? How much of this were you manifesting then? So if man, it wasn't as big as it back then as it is now obviously i think uh, they start everything in life uh is exponential when you stay consistent with it Oof, if, if you a, stay on a diet a one, for two weeks and then fuck up big ass cheat meal you're gonna have a setback mm-hmm. but just get back on it if you stay on a diet for four weeks the results are exponentially different than if you would have fucked up two weeks ago oh my god even though you've been on the diet for a month you had one setback <sighs> The results are so different. That so that's the such thing. a big thing. Set- setbacks bring you back. They bring you down, but you still have to see the light at the end of the tunnel. Like when I was working those nights, I was like, God damn, I don't want to do this. I want to be the guy on the tractor at least. At so least. I start, so I started asking about how I become a, a, a tractor driver because I was like, this guy don't have a license or nothing. They're going to take the test. I was like, mm-hmm. I'm doing that next year. And they're like, oh, you're too young. You got to be 21. Mm-hmm. I was like, man. That's funny, but I didn't know we went through a lot of the same things, man. <laughs> and then I was like, well, I have a plan. I'm going to go back to school. And then I was like, I'm going to be, go to um, agriculture. What was it? It was an agriculture class and then a wine class that you mm-hmm. had to take, a vineyard class, vineyard management class that they actually offer the junior college because it's in wine country. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what my supervisor, who I went to high school with, was. So we were homies. My boss was like two years older than me. Like, we were homies. Like, I was like, I'm only here because he's the homie. He's the boss. Mm-hmm. He's take, He'll take it easy. Like He'll be flexible with my schedule for school and stuff. But I'm trying to make money so I can save and go up to San Diego and start the fitness industry and then eventually open my own. At least, at minimum, I wanted to open a training studio. So mm-hmm. that was that's what I was envisioning, envisioning at the time. But uh, what I envisioned at the time was so much smaller than what we got going on and what's going to occur in the yeah. near future. Yeah. And so you just got to keep, keep uh, your eye on, on the North Star, mm-hmm. uh, you know, let that discomfort, let that pain, um, and, and let, let that drive you towards your aspirations. Yeah. I think it's important to, to acknowledge that at that time, I mean, it had to be over a decade ago, you know? Yeah. Of course, you didn't see all of this, but you saw something that connected you to this. Saw some light. That light was pretty small, pretty dim, but yeah. now it's and once pretty you, bright. When you stay true and walk towards that light, that light, it illuminated 
the other opportunities that begin to bridge, eventually bridge you to where we are today. And I, I bring that up uh, to perhaps encourage a few um, to not give up hope just because you don't know where it ends. Because uh, one thing that my, my oldest brother would always say to me, the journey is the destination. Um, and that's been one of the most profound pieces of wisdom that I've been able to hold on to because it is a constant reminder to be present, to be present where you are, you know, stand on 10 and in that moment, optimize. That moment is all you have. And if you make everything of that moment, then you have rightfully earned what is to come next. Don't do things that you don't enjoy doing. Yeah. If you don't like it, change it. Change if you it. don't change it, you're being dishonest with yourself. Free as a bird. So we are all, yeah, you told me today I'm free as a bird. Mm-hmm. We could do whatever we want. Take the actions and the steps uh, and the precautions necessary to do so. They're going to be very minute steps. They're going to be baby steps at first. Then they're going to turn into walks. Then they're going to turn into strides. Mm-hmm. And then you're jogging. And then you're sprinting, and then it's light speed. Everything starts unfolding before your eyes, I promise. Before your eyes. Stay, stay in the fight. Yeah, bro. I like it there, man.